This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 112 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Chris Cox. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com and Uncle Jimmy's, and you can find them at uncle-jimmy's.com. Welcome to the Stable School, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek from Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Well, hi, Jamie. Well, hi, Glenn. How are you? Uh, good. It's good to have you on. I want to remind everybody that we are in the middle of our World Equestrian Games coverage here at the Horse Radio Network. The 2010 radio show, the WEG Radio Show, is going hot and heavy every night. We're recording episodes live in front of an audience at the International Equestrian Festival in downtown Lexington. So about 9 o'clock every night, you can catch the show. Uh, just go over to 2010radioshow.com, and we'll have a wrap-up of, of the day's events for every day, for 16 days of the World Equestrian Games. We recorded, Jamie and I recorded this show a little bit earlier, and as I said last week, we we're putting these special episodes in Stable Scoop because Helena is hands-on deck, helping us out with our coverage of the, of the World Equestrian Games. So we appreciate you, uh, you joining us today, and we appreciate Jamie filling in this week. Well, it's an honor to be here. You guys, I know, are so, so busy over there working yeah. on all that. Yeah, we, we're pretty much going to be putting in 20-hour days for this. But, it, you know, I hope it's fun. It hasn't started yet as we're recording this. So uh, we think it's going to be a good time and that, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing the best equestrian athletes in the world here in my hometown. Not a bad gig, that is for sure. No, it's not bad at all. And Jamie, you didn't have a bad gig either. Let's talk a little bit about you. We've known each other for a little while now. And you you were like, you're my hero because you were like real-time radio. You were doing real radio in Atlanta, like top 40 type, or, you know, big big market stuff. Glenn, let's start with saying, if I'm your hero, you need to get out more, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes, I was, um, I was actually in radio uh, for 10 years in Atlanta, Georgia. I did everything from pop radio, top 40, country, rock and roll, alternative rock, whatever they needed was kind of where I, where I filled in. So never actually got to do a show about horses. So I'm pretty excited because that is my absolute one love in life. And you are an eventer. Uh, I am. I yeah. am. I, 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 growing up in Atlanta, there's not a lot of eventing. So I did showed hunter jumpers. And then I moved to your hometown when I was 18 and started eventing in Lexington, Kentucky. And you actually did some, you actually did something that's really cool here in Lexington also, and something that not too many people get to do on such a historic track. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm assuming you're talking about Keeneland. Yes. Yeah. You know, I didn't have much of a brain at 19 and 18. So <laughs> I just Nor do any that, of us. Yeah, exactly. I haven't and, caught and, up to the past 19 part, actually. <laughs> well, you know, it, it takes a, a really really special idiot to to do what I did. I, I got a job galloping racehorses at Keeneland. And I mean, what a thrill, what a thrill, but you could not pay me. I'm 32 now. You couldn't pay me to get on a racehorse now. <laughs> well, let me tell you what too. And what a lot of people might not realize is Keeneland is one of the is no, I'm going to say it is the most beautiful racetrack in all the country. Oh, um, but without a doubt, it is beautiful. It, it, there's, there must be a thousand acres to it too. It's not your typical racetrack in the city. Like first time I went to went over to where they have the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs in Louisville. I was like, it's in the middle of the slums in Louisville. <laughs> I know. And then you have to park in somebody's front yard yes. for $10. And yes. then you walk in, you're trying not to get mugged. But no, there is nothing more beautiful than Keeneland Racecourse. And then, you you know, usually when you're out, when you're out doing your thing in the morning and, and you're jogging the horses and you're, you're, you're doing your thing out there at five thirty six o'clock in the morning, you're out there with the other, you know, the other guys that are out there doing the same thing and the trainers are watching and you don't have an audience. That's not true at Keeneland because no. on the weekends they, you can go out and have breakfast and watch the, the jogs in the morning. Oh, you sure can. And that is when I come to Lexington, that's one of my favorite things to do is just drive in and walk on up and and watch the horses go. It's it's so cool. And especially if you can do it before the sun comes up, because you don't see the horses, but you hear the horses. Yeah, it is. It is. I have goosebumps right now thinking about that, because when the (sighs) race meets are going on, we go over there and we do that breakfast thing every weekend we can. Oh, how cool. Yeah. That's when I've actually never had breakfast uh, there. I just grab a cup of coffee and sit and watch the horses run. It is neat. It is neat. So you've, you've had a sort of a well-rounded uh, horse career then. I have, yeah. I um, Let's see. In Lexington, I mean, you have the availability to have any kind of horse job you could possibly have. I mean, I cleaned stalls at Three Chimneys. I galloped racehorses. I worked at the Equine Research Center in college. I went to UK. So there's just so many opportunities. And it's been really cool to take those opportunities and put them into different parts of my life. I mean, here I am, 32. I just got my first farm. I just got married and bought a farm and just learning everything it takes so many years and years of study to actually figure out how to take care of horses and you just got your first farm you know having been there done that 20 years ago i just know what you're going through and then (laughs) at the same time you're a freaking newlywed I am. I got married May 29th. Well, to... congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, he's, he's a very lucky man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm very right. lucky. Let me call him on that one. I don't know. Could dial him up quick. Yeah. Well, and you have a, but let me say too, you, as a guy, you have a really cool husband. Tell, tell everybody what he does. He's pretty awesome. I'm very, very proud of him. He is an F-16 fighter pilot for the uh, United States Air Force. Yeah. Okay. There's there's kind of an ordinary job, you know, that yeah. everybody can do, <laughs> you know. He's, he's just, he's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's been to every country. I mean, I cannot, we, we tried to plan a honeymoon. I'm like, can we go here? He's like, oh, I've been there already. I'm like, you've been everywhere. <laughs> How oh, cool well. is 
exactly. I was so excited when I found out what your husband did, because, just because that's every guy's fantasy, you know? We all watched Top Gun 50 times. You and- know, I have to laugh because the first time when we first started dating, I was working at a country radio station and I had to go to a NASCAR event in Atlanta. And... I had to interview a bunch of the drivers and I have no clue, of course, about NASCAR or what to say to a NASCAR driver. And I get Not a text much. They don't me- say much. Exactly. <laughs> and I get a text message from him. And of course he was joking. And now that I know him even better, it's, it's even funnier. But he sends me this text and he goes, don't worry, babe. Those guys want to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you did ask a NASCAR driver what would be the next coolest thing, I guess they'd say flying. Yeah. Faster, pull more G's than flying a jet. So, yeah, his confidence was inspiring. Well, now, he, he, though, uh, he's now getting dumped in with both feet into horse husbandhood. And I don't think he took my class on horse husband 101 class yet. Um, Nope. So, you know, he now, now you get married and then you say to him, oh, we're just going to buy this property and build a farm. The thing yeah. that stresses out relationships <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, we, he has been a little bit surprised on the amount of work. I was telling you the other <laughs> Sunday morning, he's in bed. I'm like, I have to get up and go feed the horses. He goes. You're always feeding the horses. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, you starting. know, every day, really, a couple times a day, you know, they, they require food. Um. <laughs> oh, and then you got to clean their stalls. And oh, by the way, the fence broke, even though it's bad, brand new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I did have one of those. This is so stupid. For owning horses my entire life, I should know better. But just three days into this whole thing, my horse breaks down the the tack room door and it goes in and eats 30 pounds of grain. Ooh, that's never good. No, that was a $300 vet bill that he learned about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. like, honey, you have to put the clip on the door. Welcome <laughs> to like, horse husbandhood. Yes. I'm, I'm afraid for him to take your class, Glenn. He might go run away. <laughs> he fast. needs to listen on this show. We have done a couple of horse husband episodes every year. We do one. And he needs to listen to it because it's very educational. We get four horse husbands on and we chat about what it's like and the nightmares and the top 10, top 10 things we have to put up with. Okay, so let me ask you. Now, one of the things we have to put up with is a horse husband. And if I know him, he, he's military, so he's kind of a neat freak. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least. Okay, now he's married to a horsewoman. Are you the kind that junks up your car and, and the barn is much cleaner than the house and all of that? It's funny you mentioned the car thing because that is his biggest pet peeve about me. He has like a nice Audi, like performance vehicle. And I have a 2001 Dodge Ram, you know, (laughs) diesel that I come rolling up in this place with. And then he's like, can I borrow your truck? Sure, you can borrow my truck. Let me clear off the seat for you. <laughs> Same deal. Yeah, he's he's experiencing all of it. And I, I don't think I need to flood him with too much information at once. <laughs> I'm going to have him co-host one day. We're, oh. uh, we're definitely, next year when we do the Horse Husbands episode, we're getting him on because he's a brand new horse <laughs> husband. And you know what's going to happen. We're going to have four guys. It's going to be talking about flying the whole time. That's what will happen. Yeah, it, it seems to be that way. A lot of my, my I have a boarder and some students and they come over and all their dads talk to Chad. When I <laughs> and, saw, didn't I see a cool picture of you with him beside the plane? Yes, I did. I actually, but it's funny. They don't actually let you fly in the plane with your wife, but 
I did get to sit in it and take pictures. Oh, cool. So I'll have to put those up on my Facebook page. Cool. That's great. Uh, you know, that's just a dream come true. I would love to do that sometime. I think that would be the coolest thing. You know, if we get famous enough here at the Horse Radio Network, we might be able to go with the Blue Angels when they come into town. Oh, well, don't talk about the Blue Angels to an Air Force man. It's the Thunderbirds. Oh, sorry. The Air Force. The Blue Angels are Navy. <laughs> Glenn, oh, how dare you? See, and you know what? As a now military wife, I never would have known the difference of the Blue Angels and Thunderbirds. So we're both learning. So what rank is he? He's a major. Oh, wow. That's like, uh, that's like major. That means he's old. Is <laughs> that means, that he means he's the next thing to uh, general, actually. Uh, uh, colonel is next. Oh, yeah. colonel. Okay. See, that shows you what I know about the military. Well, I, you know what? I, I didn't know. When I first met him, he said, oh, yeah, I'm in the Air Force. And I was like, oh, so you're a pilot. Well, I, I didn't know that. I thought everybody in the Air was, Force was a pilot. Was a pilot. <laughs> there was nobody Apparently, working on the planes or, no. you know. <laughs> There's only like 1% of them are actual pilots. I was shocked. <laughs> but see, we're both learning. He's yeah. learning about horses. I'm learning about airplanes. And I will, for the benefit of all the women, which is 95% of our audience, I will say I've seen pictures of this guy who's her husband. And yes, you all would be jealous. He looks like he looks like a uh, F-16 fighter pilot. He's he, a cutie. Yeah, he has that look. You got. I would say that you got lucky too. Yeah, we both did. We're both. We're incredibly happy and so excited to be married. And and I really think it's been great to start your marriage off. I mean, this house was a foreclosure, so we we have basically we have together painted every room. We have put up the stalls. We've. I mean, we put up an arena together. We have done every little detail, including like patching holes in the walls. So it's been a really good experience. And, and, and you know, we're still married after all that. So we, it must work. So the first test is over. Uh, now we see if he can put up with the drudgery of cleaning stalls and feeding every day. Every and you have four day. horses, right? We do, yeah. And you're well, a thoroughbred my- girl, aren't you? I have a thoroughbred. Um, he, I rescued a thoroughbred, and I... I have a warm blood, and then my dear sweet husband went out and, and bought himself a horse. No, you've only been married like two weeks. Um, well, you know, it's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> and we will have some guests on this now, show. I assume bit, but... that we, we, ha- we haven't said this. I do know this, that he was not. He didn't know a horse from the back end from the front end, right? Uh, no, no. Okay. No, the first time he got on because he is a, a, a fighter pilot, he has no fear whatsoever and just, go, you know, gets on and kicks him. And it's a it's an eventing warm blood. OK, like the guy has a gas pedal and it is very light. So he, of course, goes taking off and doesn't fall off. Looks like he's been riding for years. Just he, he's just incredible and no fear again. Of well, anything. yeah, he's a fighter pilot. I guess no fear comes with the job. <laughs> In a strong People are stomach. shooting at him. Riding a horse should be easy. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is easy. I couldn't do it. That's for sure. So, yeah, I'm very proud of him. Well, terrific. Well, you know, we actually do have a show today that we're going to have some guests yeah. and stuff. So <laughs> tell everybody what. And I want to thank you, too, as as all the, the uh, guests for the, this month uh, during the World Equestrian Games. You, you guys actually scheduled the interviews and everything. You helped me out a great deal. So who, we, who, are, we, who are we talking to today? Well, our first guest, uh, Glenn, is going to be Amanda Adams, and she's a writing director for the Girl Scouts of America. And for most girls, 
you know, Girl Scouts may have been available when you were growing up, but where I was from, there was no horseback riding in Girl Scouts. It would have been a lot cooler if there was. So we're going to touch base with her, kind of check in and see what the Girl Scouts are all about, how the horses kind of incorporate into the Girl Scouts and find out how you can get involved. And uh, then our second guest, yeah, I may have, I may have stalked him for about a month. (laughs) And called him incessantly, incessantly over and over again until he actually agreed to take my call. And then when I told him who who I was with, uh, you know, he was completely excited. But we're going to talk to the one and only Chris Cox. Of course, Chris Cox, you know, RFD TV. He's a big top trainer. He's an awesome guy. And he actually knew about the Horse Radio Network, which thrilled me to death. He did. Yeah, I said, I said, I'm with the Horse Radio Network. Have you heard of it? He goes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, you know, most of his counterparts have been on the shows. He's one of the very few that hasn't been on. So I'm, I'm so glad you were able to book that. We did record these interviews a little earlier, and we were having some issues with Jamie's uh, microphone. So you were on the phone during these interviews. I want to clarify that. Uh, so if it sounds like Jamie's out in left field, it's because she was on the phone also. Uh, but we managed to get it done, and we we had two fun interviews. And I think you're gonna you're gonna hear a little bit about Chris, the guy, not Chris the trainer. Yes, so. this is not your typical get your training tip. You know, we're not asking him how to keep a horse from spooking. We're actually asking him about his family, his life, his travels, his kids, all that. So really interesting kind of inside look at Chris Cox. All right, very good. And we're gonna do all of that right after these words from Omega Alpha. Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And one of their users is international Canadian sensation event rider Jessica Phoenix. And we have Jessica on here for a second to tell us what she thinks about Omega Alpha. Well, hi, Jess. I hear that you use Omega Alpha. I do. I love their products. I've started using them this year, um, and the one product that I really love is Anti-Flam. It just takes the sting out of the horse's feet and keeps them moving comfortably. Um, And I know that from using it in our barn, a lot of horses have benefited from it. You can look for their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Welcome back to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona with Glenn the Geek from Lexington, Kentucky. And now we're going to talk to Amanda Adams. She's riding director for the Girl Scouts. Hi, Amanda. Hi. (laughs) Now, as a former Girl Scout, I would like to start this interview with you by saying, and I'm holding up my three fingers, on my honor... (laughs) Stay with me. I will try to God in my country to help people at all times times and to live by the Girl Scout law. All right, can I just interject here? Wait a minute. Can I just interject here and clarify that I wasn't a Girl Scout? I just wanted to make that clear. Man, I'm sure the audience yeah. is very disappointed. Well, you know, I really didn't look good in a little outfit, and you know, it was all that thing. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, hey. I was a Girl Scout, Amanda. I started out as a brownie and worked my way up all the way to my silver award back in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a big deal. I didn't make the gold, but I did make the silver. 
But, um, you know, I would like to point out, Amanda is the writing director for the Girl Scouts. And, you know, it's not fair because I didn't get to have any writing when I was a Girl Scout growing up in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. So is this a new thing? Have the Girl Scouts always had horse programs? Well, the thing is, is the Girl Scouts are divided into several different regions called a council. And those councils are responsible for providing programming for their specific area. Like, I am employed by the Cactus Pine Council in Arizona. So that council is responsible for providing the programming, and they provide horse programming to our specific area. Other areas can come in and utilize those programs, but... um, Generally speaking, the councils do the majority of her programming. And actually, uh, I do know that Georgia now has a horse camp and a horse program. I don't know how new theirs is, um, but I know that the one that I'm a part of has been around since 1965. Wow. Okay. Now, here's another question. As a riding director for the Girl Scouts, do you show up for work every day in a Girl Scout uniform? Or breeches and a helmet. Uh, With breeches and a helmet, that's right. Um, No, actually, as I work at a camp, we have specific um, camp shirts that we're required to wear during the week. And while we're working with the kids, um, we are required to wear professional dress in that we wear jeans because we teach Western. Uh Uh, Being in Arizona, being in the West, we teach Western. I was wrong. So, yeah, wrong side of the country. (laughs) It it would get too dirty. Could you imagine wearing your Girl Scout uniform out at the barn and then having to do all the horse stuff on top of that and, like, brushing them off? And, you know, they always rub against you because they may have an eye itch or something. I mean, could you imagine how dirty it would get? Well, a rumor has it that Glenn does wear his Girl Scout uniform when he mucks his wife's stalls. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> and I did Amanda without getting dirty, so there. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, as a as a riding instructor here, uh, you know, I do feel like oh, there is nothing better for a young to teenage girl than having and being around horses, being outside mm-hmm. in the fresh air, getting exercise, and you know, bonding with a specific animal. How how do you feel that horses, you know, really positively affect young women, and why is it important to the Girl Scouts to have a riding program? Well, I think the Girl Scouts kind of kind of figured that out a while ago with their mission. When their mission is to to build, uh, have girls build courage, confidence, and character uh, to make the world a better place, and the horses really bring that out. And that the girls can come, and they may be terrified. I mean, who wouldn't be there? getting ready to get on this animal. It's like 10 times their size. And so they're getting this confidence that they can get on it and they can do that and they can overcome that fear. And then they're, um, they're gaining courage by doing that. And then they get to steer them around. So now they're not only on top of this, you know, 1,000, 1,200-pound horse, now they're actually steering it. They're going around cones. They're going over poles. They're walking, and they may be trotting. I mean, then they gain that, that courage and that confidence, and then it just kind of builds that character as they start to bond with the horse, and they start to learn how to respect the horse, respect others within the group that they're riding in. They just get a whole new outlook on life. Yeah, and I think that's important. 
at any aspect in a, in a, in a young woman's life is to make that transition from controlling that horse to controlling their own life. I, th- I think it's unbelievably important, and I, I just absolutely love what the Girl Scouts do. We like it because it also encourages them to not only accomplish taking control of their life and being a leader, but also to be a team player because you have to work with the horse or you're not going to get anywhere. (laughs) So being that team player and then as a part of a group, learning how to maneuver so that you don't run into others and that you work as a group to accomplish a goal. So I assume being that you're over there in the West that you're using quarter horses and not wacky thoroughbreds or Arabs. Actually, we have a couple of thoroughbreds, Do um, mostly quarter horses and um, a lot of paints. It just a lot of it just depends. I mean, a horse with a good personality is harder to replace, no matter what breed they are. Now you see a lot of kids go through your program. How many of them mm-hmm. actually then really get into horses seriously? Is there? Have you seen that happen? depends kind of on the opportunities that they have outside of the camp and outside of the fall program that we do. Um, many of them that live in like the Phoenix, the city, like yeah. inner city Phoenix yeah. or the suburbs of Phoenix. I mean, it's kind of hard to to have, to be able to go out and just ride all the time. Some of them do. And some of them have gone through our program. They started out as a Brownie in the horse camp program and then have gone all the way through we actually have one of them who was one of my riding instructors this year. She went through the whole program and was a riding instructor this year. So, I mean, it was, it was very exciting and it's just, it depends on the girls and what their, the opportunities they have and just what they want to do. But I have, I've met a lot of them that have gone through many years of this program. So when they start in the program, what percentage of them would you say have never, ever been close to a horse? <laughs> Probably 95% of them. <laughs> wow. They just, they, they don't, yeah, they all like horses. I mean, they're girls. What girl doesn't like a horse? So, so they love horses, and that's all that they know. Until and, they um, poop in the aisle, and then all of a sudden they scatter. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's yeah, it's exciting when you have them on the horse. They're like, oh, they're more fascinated by the horse that's peeing in front of them than yes. anything else going on in the arena. And um, so it definitely takes a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of our staff to <laughs> kind of keep an eye on them. But it's a lot of fun, and just once they get that realization, it's, it's so exciting. And they're like, I love this. It's awesome. And yeah, well, that's great. Now, I guess, I guess. For Glenn and I, the most important question is, you know, being a riding director for the Girl Scouts, is there any way you can get us a discount on Thin Mints? Oh, oh, you know what? (laughs) If you work for the Girl Scouts, like I worked at the camp, we got cookies all the time. Oh, So there you go. See, you're just in the wrong line of work. All right, Amanda, my address is... Uh, you can just forward them over there, and, and uh, for, for every morning, that would be great. One box a week would be fine. Yeah, we'll take more. We will not turn any uh, any cookies down. Um, well, the thing is, some of the, some of the cookie cells help these girls go to camp. Some of the girls that I was able to work with this summer, they actually earned their way. They did all the cookie cells, and they earned their way to go to camp. 
Well, that's so through those kicking cells that you bought, you're allowing for these girls to go get opportunities that they may never get otherwise. Okay, she did a great job there, Jamie, of making us feel guilty for asking for free cookies, <laughs> didn't she? <laughs> Boy, is she she's Sorry. trained. Sorry. We'll, we'll pay double, Amanda. We'll pay double for the cookies. Well, Amanda, we really, really appreciate your time. How can girls get involved in this? Like, if, if nobody's been to a Girl Scout meeting, if there's... If they want to get involved, what do they need to do? Well, the best thing they can do is look up on the website at girlscouts.org, and they can actually find a council in their state. There pops up with a, um, a map of the U.S., and they can click on their state, and it tells them all the councils that are in their state and around their state that they could get involved with. And then they, they'll have the websites, and they can go to the council the website of those councils and that'll tell them all the programs and what they need to know about being a girl scout well that's great thank you so much and thanks for you know taking the time to positively affect girls by getting them involved with horses well thank you for having me on this is a wonderful opportunity thanks amanda Thanks so much to Amanda Adams of the Girl Scouts for joining us. This is Jamie Jennings, and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Now we're going to hear a word from Uncle Jimmy. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop Show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns. Squeezy Buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products, or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle-jimmys.com. Well, thanks to Uncle Jimmy. He's always a treat to talk about, to have on. And, of course, his products have made it big in the United States, thanks to his marketing effort. Uh, he's one of the most brilliant marketers in this industry, Jamie. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so. What a super fun guy. Fun guy to listen to. Fun guy I'm sure to talk to. Yeah, he is great. And then you have another fun guy coming up that you managed to book and get on the show finally. After two years, we finally have him on the show. Well, you know, Glenn, a squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you just call somebody enough on a daily basis, eventually they will answer the phone number that they don't recognize and they will be forced to talk to you. And that is exactly what I did. didn't call the police or anything? Not yet, but you know what? I just moved, so my address hasn't changed in the post office uh, Okay. Yet. Yeah, he doesn't know where to find me right now. But no, I did um, stock enough uh, of uh, Chris Cox to get him to join our show. And of course, once he found out that this was the Horse Radio Network, he was very happy to talk to us. Very sweet. So we will say hello to Chris Cox. Well, hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great, Jamie. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are things down in Mineral Wells, Texas? Well, it's a little hot right now, but uh, we uh, we get up early in the morning and get our horses worked and, and do business in the office the rest of the day in the air conditioning. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here in Arizona right now in Phoenix, and you cannot ride after 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, I can imagine. But it, yeah, but it seems so, like well, everybody's there in the wintertime, though. 
Yeah, it's definitely a good place to come. Hopefully, you'll uh, you'll make it in for a clinic or two uh, over the, the the winter break here. But um, well, Glenn and I are just so excited to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. But we wanted to start out by saying congratulations. You had your second son in uh, two in January, actually. So congratulations. What's his name? His name is Case. Case Christopher. And- Case Christopher, so obviously a C thing because uh, Charlie was born in, in 2008, right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, she was she was uh, my daughter, and uh, but uh, I went ahead and and named my son Case. That uh, yeah, I just I don't know, kind of nice to carry on the tradition. Hey Chris, I got to ask you a question. You're on the road 800 weeks a year, and there's only 52 in the year. Uh, how'd you have time to even get this accomplished? Well, evidently, I was home a few nights. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I waited a long time to have a family, and I'm I'm probably at most people's standards a little old to have have a family. But um, you know, it's something that I had to I had to plan and work for. And and um, you know, in the earlier years, I was gone even more, and and uh, and it was just a tougher life. And now, you know, I'm trying to make things a little easier and and work hard for my family and try to get home as quick as I can. Of course, airplanes do that a lot quicker than a truck and trailer, so I have a lot of frequent flyer miles. <laughs> you now don't miss the bus? You've made it. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you've made it is when you're flying to and from instead of taking the bus. Well, that's exactly right. Now you, uh, it's funny because we've had, you know, you know, we've had some of the top names and some of your counterparts on on the show here. And one of the things, the ones that travel all the time, Julie Goodnight always says, uh, she says, my husband's always happy to see me come home and glad to see me leave. Um, I, is it the same way in your household? No, I don't think so. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think they want me around. I, I hope, and, and especially having young kids, you know, they hate to see me leave, but. Uh, there's occasional few times that I bring them with me, and and uh, you know what people don't realize is that is that when you go on the road, um, even when you get back, it, you know you don't really get it, it takes about two days for it to really hit you, and then you're tired because you you know your adrenaline's running all the time when you're on the road, and when you get home on the second day, you know it really hits you and you start dragging, and so this is my third day home, so I feel a little bit better today than I do yesterday. Uh, we called on the right day there, Jamie. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it. Sounds like he's awake today. <laughs> now, but, but, but you know, you, 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 you're kind of on the road, and people are asking you questions, and you, you're doing demonstrations, and, and you, you know, it's intent, and, you, and you're doing trying to do the best job you possibly can and giving everybody your attention. And so there's a lot of mental focus that goes on with that. And um, so, you know, when you're, when you're away from that, your body just kind of starts shutting down. So, you know, I, I've done it. I've uh, been doing it for 23 years, so I'm trying to get my body still not used to it, but I'm trying to get used to it, and I take some really good vitamins. So, <laughs> Well, good. Now, you do travel a lot, as we are just talking about, and do you have a favorite part of traveling? I like to go um, in the wintertime. I like to go where it's warm. <laughs> in the summertime, I like to go where it's real cool. <laughs> so I was just in California in the mountains in the up in the in the Bay Area where it was a high of 62 degrees during the day, so I really love that. I bet. Isn't that crazy? And are you at the point I, in you your know. career where you can pick and choose those now? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm kind of fortunate enough to, to help direct the, 
you know, the clinics in certain areas and and um you know it's it's always nice. I like to I like to go to a lot of different areas. I like to go to places that may I may not have been before and in different parts of the country and meet new people and that's always exciting for me. Well, and meeting lots of new people must really happen when you go uh, to the road to the horse. That's uh, Glenn. I don't know if you know what the road to the horse is. I'm sure do. You, but it is. Oh my gosh, the coolest competition! The top trainers in the world get together. And what do you have, Chris? Three hours? Oh, uh, you know, I I think it's about an hour and a half the first day, and then maybe an hour and twenty minutes the second day, something like that. So, yeah, it's roughly so, around three hours. Within two days. Three hours, and and what do you do in that three hours? I mean, like, just kind of give us the well, you, general you, you overview. Kind of, you kind of do as much as you can that the horse allows you to, and and getting your horse prepared um, the first day. Sometimes you'll ride him, sometimes you won't. The second day, you, you know, you get him riding and get him to where he's soft, and and then uh, after the uh, after your hour and a half or hour and twenty minutes in the round pen, then they tear everything down and they set up an obstacle course. Around here and uh, around the arena, and so you've got no perimeters really except for the arena, and you got jumps and you rope on them and you you do all kinds of stuff, you know, stop and back them up, and just with those little bit of that little bit of time that you've gotten to work with your horse, so you know, uh, without saying, you've got to build a lot of trust and a lot of confidence in that horse. And this is a horse that is basically completely untouched when you start it, right? Well, I think they might have had a halter on them a couple of times, but um, you know it may take you 30 minutes to an hour to get them caught. Um, so, oh, wow. yeah, they're they're pretty much uh, pretty much like a wild horse. Well, the road to the horse takes place uh, in February in Tennessee. So again, probably a little chilly down there, but this coming year is going to be incredible. I, I cannot wait to see how this pans out because you are a two-time winner. You're taking on Clinton Anderson, who was also a two-time winner. And just to throw another name in the mix, why don't we have Pat Pirelli involved as well? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's pretty exciting. I've gone up against Clinton before, but I've never been up against Pat. And uh, I think it's uh, um, it's an exciting time. And I'm, I really, um, you know, take my hat off to those guys that go in there and put their reputation on the line and, and – um, you know, it's not about necessarily promoting themselves. It's about what they can do with the cold at that particular time. And, and uh, you know, I think it's good for the industry. You know, I, Chris, actually, Jamie missed the biggest personality that's involved in the road to the horse, and that's Tootie Bland. Mm-hmm. Tootie is something else. We've had her on the show before, and I have to tell you, I absolutely love the woman. She she has more energy than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, She's put all this thing together, and she's held it together. She's done a great job. And it's kind of her baby, and she's uh, she's really matured this into something that's, you know, it's a world championship event now, so um, she's done a good job with it. Now, they talked about moving it to a larger quarters because it basically was standing room only. It couldn't fit all the well, people. Well, it's still going to be standing room only, and, you know, it was, it was my vote to do that. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if Tootie was, uh, didn't know, but, you know, the tickets are already sold out. They're having a bring in extra bleachers to uh and this hasn't even been on on sale for a month you know and it's, we've got what seven or eight months to go yeah and uh sure. so yeah it's going to be exciting it's going to be a good event and i'm looking forward to it and well, looking forward to meeting a lot of great so people cool. 
It's going to be, I think it's going to be, I mean, this should be a competition in the world equestrian games, I think. Why don't they have this? You know what? I tell you what, it, it would uh, it'd be a very popular event. It would. Sure. Now, now, Chris, I wanted to ask you, you've been doing this, as you said, a long time. Um, and how has it changed for you? you? You've done the clinics for a long time. You've done the training for a long time. What's changed? What's changed in, in the horse world, in the horse community? Well, I think that there's become a lot of, um, um, you know, there's been more interest in the clinics. Uh, there's been more interest in just people that just want to just, you know, recreational ride. and uh, But they want to be safe, and, and they want to have the best ride, and, and they want to be as knowledgeable as they possibly can. Um, you know, what's what's happened is that a lot of uh you know the, the work that I do. It's kind of spread throughout the world in different countries and in Europe, and gotten very popular. And and um, my goal is to be able to spread the the word of the horse and what the horse can do for us in a lot of aspects, even in our general life. So um, it's just you know twenty something years ago when I when I was doing clinics, you couldn't just do it full time and stay on the road necessarily. Uh, you know, there's a few guys that could, but you know I couldn't. You know, I was training horses and and working at the ranch and doing stuff and and doing a clinic when I can. But now, you know, it's it's turned into a full fledged business, and there's other businesses out there that have flourished just like mine has. And you know, it's exciting. It's exciting, and if people are are getting turned on to horsemanship and understand how important it is, is to be able to communicate with your horse in the in the correct manner. And, and uh, there's a lot of people. There's so many people out there that are doing stuff, but I think in the long run, you know, the authenticism will eventually appear and stay strong on whoever's doing this correctly. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's it's really caught on, Rick. It's really, it's got a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of excitement behind it, and and it's not just in the United States; it's throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So, are you traveling internationally now, or do you do? Yeah, I, I've do traveled internationally for. For several years, uh, Jamie, have gone to South America a lot, and Australia and Canada. But Europe's been asking me to go over there. In several different countries. China's got a horse expo this year. They wanted me to go to in September. That conflicts with the date. And then, and then, you know, we're going to go to England and and uh, and Scotland and and just a lot Italy and a lot of different countries that 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 are looking to to uh, get involved in something like this. So. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited about the opportunity. I've been really impre- impressed too with the with the um, popularity of Western riding in Europe and throughout the world. Western riding has really taken off as well. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't necessarily just say Western riding, but the uh, the thought process of the natural horsemanship yes. techniques, yep. I think, uh, has really come about, and people are starting to get turned on to that, even though they're whether they're um, you know they ride English or Western. You know, to me it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's certainly a lot of interest in it. So when you go and you see horses in Europe or horses in South America or horses in Asia, and I know you you work a lot with problem horses, do you see drastically different types of problems in different countries, or is it all pretty much the horse owners having the same problems no matter where you are? Oh, it's the same thing, Jamie. You know, uh, a lot of the time, uh, you really only 
uh, know what you've been exposed to and your traditions and 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 who you've learned off in the area that, that you, where you grew up, you know. So a lot of these, you go to some places where they're, um, you know, very seldom, like out of this country. Uh, one of the biggest problems we, we've encountered is some of the people not being firm enough with their horses. Years ago, it was the opposite. They were too firm. Now they're they're almost creating pets and losing disrespect for for the general. There's still some abusiveness out there for sure, but they almost uh, do abusive by by either overfeeding them and underriding them and, and and creating this monster, you know. And but you go into South America, it's back where it was a hundred years ago here, where you know their traditions, you know the traditional methods are very firm and, and too abusive, and and there's no happy medium there. So. You know, I look into that, and um, in in Europe, they're really hard to change their tradition of the riding. So, you know, you've got to you've got to do a lot of demonstrations, and you've got to work with a horse that nobody else can handle to make a difference on that horse for them to say, "Wow, this does work." You know, so mm-hmm. that's uh, there's a lot of differences in in different parts of the country that you go, but it's all the same problems. You know, horses are having the same issues. It's just the way they've been exposed to it in their life on who, who they've been around and, who, you know, what they've learned, you know. And the reason that they're that they're having the problems, I guess, you know, there's only so many ways a horse can, can react to an action, so probably going to have the same outcome. It's just different the way that they got to it, if yeah, exactly. I understand you correctly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now Chris, well, Chris, you spend a lot of time. You 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 train horses all the time. You work with horses all around the world. You ride. Do you ever have time just to go for a nice, quiet trail ride with friends and enjoy it? Well, you know, I was raised on a ranch, Rick, so just riding leisurely is okay. But I've got to really ride to go do a job. Yeah, to be purposeful for me. But what I do is, you know, when I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I saddle my horses, and I'm getting them ready for a competition, and nobody's around, and just I'm doing it for myself, you know. And that's where, where I really connect and, and bringing those horses on that I don't really have to do for a clinic or a presentation. You know, it's just me and that horse, and it's just that quiet time, and and that's that's really exciting to me. And, and people ask me, said, you know, what are your hobbies? And I said, well, I ride, you know. <laughs> and there's where you ride all the time. Yeah, but I'm performing or I'm doing this. Sometimes I just want to ride for myself without having to help anybody and just me and that horse. And and to me, that's that's my that's my that's my church. You know, that's that's where I get my peace. So that begs the question. Then, if I was going to have kids, I've always said that if you know if the lord blesses me not to have some children they will be on a horse before they can walk what are chris cox's kids doing are they on horses yet or are you keeping them away from it what's the what's the story no my wife rode up until two weeks she had the had the child and then you know within two weeks charlie was on the back of a horse and (laughs) and her first words when she wakes up is horse and her last words when she goes to bed is horse so She uh, she actually she's only 21 months old and she rides by herself a little bit. Oh wow! Oh, my God. And uh, she's yeah she's uh, she's horse crazy. So my son he um, you know he's he's only seven months old right now, but you know we, you can tell that he's uh, he's not certainly not afraid of him. We want to build a healthy respect for the horse, but we certainly don't want him to be afraid. And um, and you know girls seem to love horses more than boys at a young age. So. 
Uh, we'll see. I don't want to burn my, my kids out, but but it's something that they're interested in. I want to certainly help them all I can. So does Charlie's daughter have her own pony yet, or is she? do you have, like, the perfect no, we, we, We've got her? horses. We don't have ponies. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a... Um, but we've little got, girls we, love ponies. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, all the horses here that, that we've used during the clinics that will stop if she if she loses her balance the horse will slow down and stop or you know it won't step on her and she can lead them around and you can crawl up them and you know they're, they're uh, they've been exposed to different circumstances so and I think that's very important with children is to you know you've got to have the right match you know you can you can actually ruin their experience and ruin their confidence with having the wrong horse and getting them hurt or or getting them scared so having that horse that's pretty special that can look after them I think will go a long way. And that goes for older talk show hosts, too, Chris. Um, you know what? It goes for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, I got to say, I was reading a little bit. Did I read that you were in Pony Club? I sh- you know what? That's exactly right. I was. Well, you know, and our, here's a piece of advice. You said girls like horses better. Any teenager coming up, guy, any teenage boy coming up, should join Pony Club. Because if you want girls to fawn all over you when you're a teenager, join Pony Club. Yeah. Because there's so few guys, and they love guys that like horses. It's yeah, just the it's way, a good to way to go. Way to get the chicks in it. Yes, it is. <laughs> now here's now. Be thing. honest. Were you, you in guys, it for the horses or the you... chicks, Chris? Well, where I was raised up, there wasn't a lot of. It wasn't that way, you know. Okay. I was <laughs> one on the club, so. Uh, and I didn't even have the girls on my mind at that age, so. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're both speaking from experience here. <laughs> Get involved in horses, and you'll meet lots of women is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's pretty much true. (laughs) See, I have a twin brother, and that's why he feigned an interest in high school and horses now. Now I know that he just wanted to meet my friends. There you go. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Chris, it has just been a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, we wish you absolutely the best of luck in everything coming up in the future for you. And uh, we'll be on the sidelines cheering you on in February, uh, you know, when you're taking on Pat Pirelli and Clinton Anderson and the road to the horse. Well, thanks so much, Jamie and Rick. And it's been an honor talking to you guys. And, and uh, can't wait to, uh, to do another one and, and uh, keeping the horse community informed. So thank you very much. Well, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was interesting because a lot of times with these guys, with these top trainers from around the world, and, and you tell them that we don't want to talk about training and we don't want to do that, that, that it's hard to get anything out of them. But he was open and, uh, you know, I appreciate that in him. Yeah, and not one time did he, you know, plug anything, really. I yeah, mean, so we should. <laughs> we should yeah. because he didn't. <laughs> so we should say it's chris-cox.com. Well, he couldn't get chriscox.com. Who the heck um, has that that took that from him? I, I He's don't the most know. famous what? Chris Cox in the world. I mean... <laughs> You know what? I should Google that right now and see who owns that website. Oh, you know, I just did, and, and nobody. It's being held. Oh, wow. Well, that stinks. He's... Somebody bought that out from under him. Well, it's chris-cox.com. You search for Chris Cox. He comes up first on Google. He is, you know, he is a trainer's trainer, and they do have tons of neat products over there and DVDs and his books and everything else that he has over there, and you can find his tour schedule on his website. His website's actually very well done. It is. So you can find everything there. He has uh, the Begin the Journey clinics that he does around the world. 
and it's it's just a lot of fun. So you can hop over to chris-cox.com, and we appreciate him being on the show with us today. That was a good catch there, Jamie. Well, thank you. You know, just trying to trying to impress you a little bit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to be back. We have one final commercial here, and then Jamie and I have some more talking to do, and we'll be right back. Glenn the Geek here. I was involved in equestrian retail for a long time, and I know one of the problems that we always had and always the complaints that we always had was from men saying there's just not enough men's options in clothing and riding boots and gloves and jackets and, and pretty much anything is was always geared, especially in the eventing world, to women's. Well, now you can find a selection. You can find a huge selection of men's items at equestriancollections.com. They have show and casual apparel, riding boots, thermal gear, gloves and jackets. They basically can cover you from head to toe. So if you're a guy out there and have always had that problem where you can't find products you want, check out equestriancollections.com. They have a ton of different brands. They have a ton of different styles you're going to like what you find at equestriancollections.com and now you can get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more just by using the coupon code horse radio when you check out just put horse radio in the coupon code all one word horse radio and you'll get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more so find all of your men's products all the things you need guys at equestriancollections.com well, Jamie, I'll tell you what, uh, you had some neat interviews today. Well, thanks. I thought they went really well. We got to talk to, again, Amanda Adams from the Girl Scouts, and what a sweetheart she yeah, is. She was, and she was so nervous, wasn't she? You told me she oh, was nervous. Oh, she was a mess, Glenn. She kept going, <laughs> how, she'd call me, how long is the interview going to be? And she'd call me back, what do you need me to talk about? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> we're just going to talk to you. We're she, just is, she, is she pretty young? She sounded young, but... Um, she's probably in her early twenties. Yeah, I, I yeah. met her when she was doing therapeutic riding. So she has just this big heart of gold, a total sweetheart. So when we got to talk to her, she was, she was very excited and yes, very nervous. And then we messed around her time about six times. So she ended up having to wait an extra two hours for us to get a hold of her. <laughs> she just sat there. I'm sure panicked. panicked <laughs> well, Amanda, for- you did terrific. You're a good representative of the Girl Scouts and the equestrian program over there. You did great. Yeah, she was very good. And again, thanks so much to Chris Cox for joining us. You know, I guess persistence pays off and he, he he joined the show. And now we can say he's a friend of the show. That's right. That's correct. And Chris, we will have you back at some point to talk about training someday. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and let you plug your website. <laughs> Everybody, you can find our show notes and you can find links to all our guests today at StableScoop.com. And also you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Horse Radio. Are you tweeting yet there, Jamie? You know, that's going to have to be a whole nother show. Jamie, Jamie, get Jamie, me, Jamie. Get me in the Twitter world. I know. We're going to get you tweeting before long. And also, you can find us on Facebook. You can just do a search for Stable Scoop, and you'll find us over there. We'd also like to thank our sponsors uh, for being part of the show and for being so loyal to us even through all of our silliness. They just stick, no matter what I say and what kind of stupid comments I come out with, they just hang in there. Those are good me. sponsors. Yes, good I sponsors <laughs> to have. <laughs> when you know when the sponsors are staying despite you? Those are good sponsors. (laughs) Yeah, very true. (laughs) And Jamie, it's been a pleasure having you on today, and I appreciate you filling in as co-host and arranging the guests and doing all of that. 
Well, thank you very much, Glenn. It has been an absolute pleasure to sit and talk to you. Well, we'll be back again next week. And don't forget, everybody, that Helena will be coming back. Yes, she did stop the emails. She will be coming back in a couple of weeks. And we'll be getting back to normal after the whole question world isn't normal during a world of question games. No. Especially when it's in your hometown. I am certain that it hasn't begun. As I said, we're recording this early. It hasn't begun yet. But I'm probably cussing and swearing trying to drive around this town. We're probably trying to get food or doing anything else that uh, <laughs> that we have to do while 500,000 people have come into Lexington. But you know what's fortunate is, Jamie, we have good friends of ours, uh, Michelle and Rick, coming up from Louisiana, going to be staying with us for a week. And he is a cook. And I said... Okay, you go get hotels. That's going to cost you two grand. You stay in our nice, comfy room. All you have to do is cook for us. So he actually has this (laughs) menu planned out every night of all these Cajun things he's going to make for us. And he's a Cajun, too. He's a real Cajun. So we're just looking forward to the food we get to eat during the World Equestrian Games. And it ain't going to be at the park. Well, I was going to tell you, you might not want to be, you know, set your sights too high. Because after a day of walking all through the Kentucky Horse Park, you might just want to order pizza. I know. I know. <laughs> and then exhausted. after we're done at the park, we have to head to the International Question Festival and record every night at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You're never going to eat. Yeah, and then, then it'll be, you know, we'll have to go out with friends because ev- you talk about people that we've had on the show. Almost every clinician at the International Question Festival in the evenings with us has been on our shows and is friends of the network. Julie Goodnight um, and Monty Roberts and all those guys are friends of ours. So it's going to be going out after after every night too so it's going to be wild uh, we'll tell you all about it when when it's over and we come back to stable scoop we'll give you a, we'll do a whole show on on what it was like at the uh, world equestrian games for sure and we'll tell you we'll tell you what we can tell you yes. there's probably some <laughs> stories that we won't be able to reiterate <laughs> Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Or that Glenn won't remember. Exactly. (laughs) No alcoholic beverages involved, I guarantee you. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. You have a good one, and we'll see everybody next week for The Scoop.